Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Hey, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast on this beautiful Friday morning. My dog and I are sitting here enjoying the weather. It's been so nice these past couple days, and uh, my room is actually warm <laughs> for a change. It's actually 69 degrees in here all by itself. The, the funny thing about my room up here where I record is it gets really hot in the summer and just absolutely freezing in the winter. And I think it's because the insulation isn't working properly is what I would guess, but Anyway, we are in Genesis chapter 38 today. We're going to be reading verses 12 all the way to the end of the chapter to verse 30. As always, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible, but you should read out of whatever version you prefer. And also enjoy that cup of coffee with me. I have mine right here. I'm enjoying mine a lot today. I'm quite tired. But anyway, let's go ahead and start reading Genesis chapter 38 all the way to the end of the chapter. After many days, Shua's daughter, the wife of Judah, died. Judah was comforted, and he went up to his sheep shears in Timnah, and his friend Hira, the Adulamite. Tamar was told, Behold, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear sheep. She took off the garments of her widowhood, and covered herself with her veil, and wrapped herself, and sat in the gate of Enaim, which is on the way to Timnah, for she saw that Shelah was grown up, and she wasn't given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought that she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He turned to her by the way and said, Please come, let me come into you. For he didn't know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, What will you give me that you may come into me? He said, I will give you a young goat for my flock. She said, Will you give me a pledge until you send it? He said, What pledge will I give you? She said, Your signet and your cord and your staff that is in your hand. He gave them to her, and he came into her, and she conceived by him. She arose and went away, and put off her veil from her, and put on the garments of her widowhood. Judah sent the young goat by the hand of his friend the Adulamite to receive the pledge from the woman's hand, but he didn't find her. Then he asked the men of that place, saying, Where is the prostitute that was at a name by the road? They said, There has been no prostitute here. He returned to Judah and said, I haven't found her, and also the men of the place said, There's been no prostitute here. Judah said, Let her keep it, lest we be shamed. Behold, I sent this young goat, and you haven't found her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has played the prostitute. Moreover, behold, she is with child by prostitution. Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned. When she was brought out, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, I am with child by the man who owns these. She also said, Please discern whose these are, the signet and the cords and the staff. Judah acknowledged them and said, She is more righteous than I, because I didn't give her to Sheila, my son. He knew her again no more. In the time of her travail, behold, twins were in her womb. When she travailed, one put out a hand, and the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, This came out first. As he drew back his hand, behold, his brother came out, and she said, Why have you made a breach for yourself? 
Therefore, his name was called Perez. Afterward, his brother came out, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was called Zara. I'm going to do a quick recap before we start talking about verses 12 through uh, the end of the chapter, verse uh, 30. You remember from last time that Judah left his father's house and went to go live in this area. Uh, I believe it was called, let's see, where was it? It was called um, <laughs> Chizib. And he had three sons by this woman who became his wife in that area. And the two sons, the two oldest sons, were very wicked and evil people. God had ended up killing them out of judgment. But the third son was named Shelah, and he was young at this point. So the first, the oldest son, had a wife named Tamar. And after he died, which was apparently very quickly, Tamar was given to the second oldest son, as per the law, named Onan. And Onan was also very wicked, and he did something to Tamar that he never should have done. He would refuse to give her children, but he was still having sex with her. So this was a wicked thing that he was doing. He was using Tamar, and God stuck up for Tamar and also judged Onan, and Onan ended up dying. After this, Tamar was a widow once again, but as per the law, she was supposed to be given to the third son, who was named Shelah. But Shelah was a little bit too young to be married at that point. So Judah, the father-in-law, says to Tamar, go back to your father's house and live there until Shelah is old enough for you to be his wife. And she agrees and she goes back and lives with her father. Now, in this time of history, this was not the right thing for Judah to do. Since Tamar was part now of Judah's household, Judah was the one who was supposed to be taking care of her. But Judah didn't like Tamar very much. In fact, he kind of blamed her for the fact that her first two husbands or his two sons had died. He blamed her. But it wasn't her fault at all. It was the actions of his two sons. They were both wicked and evil people. But Judah still superstitiously believed that Tamar was the cause of his two sons' deaths. So he didn't like her, and he sent her back home to be with her father. Now we see in verse 12, which is what we talked about today, that the wife of Judah ends up dying. And he was very sad, and it says that he ended up being comforted by his friend Hira, who was the Adulamite that he had originally lived with. So he goes up to this area in Timnah, which is where his friend Hira lived, and he was going to go shear all of his sheep there. Now, from what I understand of the context and some of the history that I was reading about with the sheep shearing, this would have been a very joyous occasion because all the sheep were being sheared and this was the money maker. So this would have been a joyous occasion from what I understand about uh, this particular um work activity. So Tamar ends up hearing that her father-in-law Judah is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. And she does something kind of crafty here. She takes off her widow garments and she ends up putting on a veil and covering her face. So she was dressing as a prostitute of that time. Now, the reason she puts on that veil is because that's how prostitutes would dress back then. They would cover up their faces so that people didn't know who they were because prostitution was not looked favorably upon. So she covers up her face and she goes and she sits 
it says right here, on the way to Timnah. So she knew she was going to see Judah and his company passing by. Now, there is some speculation that possibly she was trying to attract the son, Sheila, and not necessarily Judah. She believed possibly that Sheila would be there and she could seduce him because the reason she did this in the first place was because she saw that Sheila was old enough now to be married and yet Judah was still not giving her to Sheila as was the law. So she's upset and that's why she ends up doing this. So like I said, there is some speculation as to if she was trying to seduce Judah or seduce Sheila, the son. But one way or the other, Sheila is not the one who gets seduced. It actually ends up being Judah. Judah sees her. He's probably still sad over the death of his wife. And he decides that he wants to sleep with her. He believes that she is a prostitute. It says that he has no clue that it is Tamar, his daughter-in-law. So he says to her, he says, please let me come into you. And she says, so what are you going to give me? If I let you come into my room and he says, I'm going to give you a young goat from my flock. And she's like, well, how do I know you're going to send it? And he says, I will give you a pledge. And she says, okay, give me your signet and your cord and the staff that is in your hand. So this would have been like a signet ring, something that belonged to Judah alone. Judah would have known these items were his. So she's craftily doing this because we'll see what happens next so after this it says that he goes into her room he does the dirty with her and she ends up conceiving which means she ends up becoming pregnant so after this judah leaves and she goes home and she puts her widowhood garments back on and it says that judah tried to hold up his end of the bargain he ends up sending the young goat with his friend the Adulamite, who he was living with for a little bit, but the Adulamite guy whose name was, what's his name? Uh, Hira. Hira goes and he tries to find this prostitute with the young goat and he can't find the girl. And he asks some of the men of that area and he's like, so where's that prostitute that was sitting on the steps of the wherever? They say, there's no prostitute here. There's never been a prostitute here. What are you talking about? And so he goes back to Judah and he's like, so I can't find the prostitute. And also the men of that area are saying that there was never a prostitute here. So Judah, who is kind of embarrassed at this point, he's like, okay, well, I'm fine. Let her just keep the cord and the signet and the staff because I tried to send her the goat. She wasn't there. Let her just keep it because we're going to just look like even bigger fools if we try to find this prostitute. We don't know where she's at. So he just lets it go. And he's like, she can just keep the stuff I gave her. So later on, it says three months later, Judah hears that Tamar is pregnant. Tamar, his daughter-in-law, and he's infuriated because the law at this point in time, Tamar would have technically been Sheila's wife, but Sheila was never given to her because Judah didn't hold up his end of the bargain. But he still expected Tamar to hold up her end of the bargain. So he's infuriated with her because she is now pregnant. And he says, bring her out and let her be burned. So he's infuriated with Tamar. The other thing I was reading about this, though, this, I don't know if this is true or not, but when Judah says, let her be burned, Many people speculate that this wasn't like a physical burning death, but rather the burning of a prostitution. So they would have burned almost like a scar into her forehead or her cheek or something like that to show that this woman was a prostitute. She's brought out to be burned, but before anything happens, she says, send these things to my father-in-law 
and she gives the the messenger the cord and the signet and the staff and he's like she's like send these things to my father-in-law and say i am with child with the man who these things belong to so judah gets all of his stuff back and he's like Oh, and he <laughs> acknowledges the stuff. It says that he acknowledged the stuff. And he's like, she's more righteous than I am. Because think about this. Judah is blaming Tamar. He's condemning Tamar for the exact same thing he had just done. In fact, he's condemning her. And he was even worse than she was. Because not only had he been with somebody who he believed was a prostitute, but also he was not giving Tamar what she deserved. She deserved Sheila as a husband by the law. She deserved that. That was owed to her. And Judah was not holding up his end of the bargain. So he acknowledges the stuff that she sends. And he says, she is more righteous than I because I didn't give her to Sheila, my son. And remember that Tamar, Judah doesn't like Tamar very much. So he was very quick to condemn her, but he didn't think about himself. He didn't look introspectively at himself and realize that he was doing a worse sin than, um, than Tamar was herself. So it says in verse 26 that he knew her again no more. And this means that he really did acknowledge his sin and he turned away from it. And this is, I think, why God chooses Judah in the end, not just specifically because of this, but because this was something that Judah typically did. He turned from his sins, and we'll see that later on with Joseph's story as well. But in verse 27, he's turning from the sin of sleeping with his daughter-in-law, and he doesn't do anything with her. But from my understanding of this passage of scripture, it also doesn't say that he gave Sheila to her either. But it is possible that he did take care of her after this, after all those were his sons. So he probably did take care of Tamar and her two sons because she ends up having twins by Judah. And it says that when she goes through her pregnancy, her labor pains, the baby, the first one, puts out his hand. So these babies were breech. He puts out his hand and the midwife took and tied this scarlet cord around the baby's hand. And she, she was like, okay, this baby came out first, but the baby didn't come out first. He drew back his hand and then his brother ended up coming out first. They ended up naming the brother Perez because he was the firstborn child and Perez means breaking free or breaking out. And then Zara came out and he was the one with the scarlet cord wrapped around his arm and they named him Zara, which means scarlet. Now the interesting thing about Judah and Tamar's story is the fact that Perez was the one who produced the line of Jesus Christ. And that's why this story is so important. God always uses people who are sinful. He used Jacob, he used Abraham, he used Isaac, he used all these people that were sinful people to produce the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So this was the end of Genesis chapter 38. I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. This was quite a fascinating 
episode for me because I really enjoyed looking at the different historical contexts of this particular chapter. So this was fun for me to research and to talk about. But join me on Monday and we will talk about Genesis chapter 39 and get back to Joseph's story in Egypt. So definitely join in then at 6 a.m. and also share the podcast on your social media platforms and rate it five stars. That will help other people find the podcast. Also take a look at the Alive devotional coloring books that I came out with the parent and child experience there is an adult one and there is also a children's one so if you have children you can purchase both the adult and the children one you can purchase just the adult one you can purchase the children one it doesn't matter but they are really fun and exciting things to do during the season of easter leading up to holy week and beyond you know jesus's death on the cross doesn't just have to be talked about on holy week it can be talked about all the time so they're not just for Easter, but I will drop an Amazon link to those in the bio of the podcast episode so you can take a look at them. But faithful listeners, I hope you continue to enjoy your weekend and that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. <laughs>